bless me every day. So thank you so much for the blessing that you bestowed upon me. Thank you for sending error, Lord. Because I got a feeling, Lord, in my heart, this is going to work. This is going to do something for some people. So any time to do your work, Lord, I'm here. So thank you in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, my name is Darrell Harris. I was born and raised in Alabama, a small town Alabama. But I migrated to Georgia. And I'm gonna just tell you about the things, how, how I came to, to Jesus. And uh, when I came to Jesus, what I've been doing, you know, on the street, living on the street as a homeless person, you know, still, still doing the faith and doing God's work as best I can. Yeah. Daryl, your parents came from a religious background as well? Religious. I mean, we went to church, we prayed, but that was about it. Mm. Yeah. In that time, what were you getting out of those, let's say, religion in that time? Was it uh, real to you? Was it... At, at, at the point, when, then I thought that's what it was. You know, that's the only thing I knew. Mm. You know, so I knew God exists. I, I didn't know him, but I knew of him. Mm. Uh, as I gotten older, I, I, like I said, I look back on those years now and saw there was just religion. Nobody talked about salvation. Everybody talked about prosperity, good things, this thing. Yeah. Nobody ever talked about revelation, have anything. I got um, a revelation. I was just thumbing through the book. The Lord put it on my heart one day. I'm at home, I'm just looking at the book. My mom looked at that. My mom looked at it, oh, he's reading the Bible. I was, I'm not reading, I was, just, I was just interested. I didn't know, so I was just flipping through and I seen revelation. And I started reading it and it really caught, it grabbed me. Mm. I'm a science fiction type guy, Stephen King, and love and stuff like that, right? So then that just right down my head. I was, man, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. So I read Revelation. At what age was this? I was like 13, 14 okay. years old. All right. And and that kind of stuck. That stuck with me for a long time. Revelation, but that was just about. That was it mm. until I until I left. When I left home, when I grew up and left home. What age did you leave home? Uh, 1920. I joined the military. Went in the military for a little stint. Well, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, I was in the Army recruiting. And that's, that's, when, that's when I got my God. My God. My car. My motorcycle. Mm. All this fancy suits with your name in them. Actually, I did all that. And yeah, it was good. But I, on Sundays, my wife would go to church. And I watched the cars, watched the motorcycle, and look back and say, hey, yeah, I'm good, I'm all right. I get in my car, I ride through the park, man. Hey, look at me, man, look at me, mm -hmm. this is me. And everybody fell into that too, man, that's Darren, that's Debo, that's Darren. Man, what's happening now, man, you got it going on, man, you got it going on. I have nothing, man, I ain't no look. If I died, then I would went to hell. I would went to hell wow. if I'd have died. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know him. You know, the, the, the Lord has ways of working on you and doing things. He'll, he'll, he'll like, he's like Job, he let Satan do some things with me, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, I went through a divorce because uh, I wasn't paying my wife, I'm parnicating, all kind of stuff, you know? So I ended up coming here, lost a few things, but I still, I'm all right. And so when I got here, I was going through, uh, we was doing a cleaning business with Kaiser Permanente, me and my cousin. And how old were you at this time? I'm like 
35. Okay. 36, something like that. And uh, we was we had we had a crew of seven buildings, so we was doing pretty good. I'd go to the club party, and just, you know, I'm snorting cocaine now, just trying to be in with everybody and everything like that. But still good, yeah, okay. Hey, what's happening there? Yeah, yeah, what you got? You got something? Yeah, I got something. Let's go back in, man. All that stuff. But anyway, our bookkeeper ripped us up, man. So we never we never followed up on the on the business and so we ended up going bankrupt. I lost everything. That's when I lost. Everything. I had to then I had to move. I put all my all my stuff in, in storage. And didn't pay for it, so all that's gone. Now I'm down to ground zero. I'm at a friend's house. He got to a point where he got to do something. He says it's a place called Atlanta Union Mission. You can go there and they probably help you. So I went there, and that's when uh, that's where I was at in, in, in Atlanta, homeless, on the street, not knowing anything. And um, that's when uh, I think God started working. Actually. Actually, right before that, I got shot right up the street from the Atlanta New Mission about some drugs. Got shot in the leg. I was a tough guy then, you know, tough. I, the guy had the gun, but I, you ain't gonna do nothing. Pow! <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, you don't believe I shoot you, will you? I said, you shoot me, you better kill me. So I'm standing with my hand on he shot. Pow, 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 pow. He didn't try to hit me. And uh, everybody ran, everybody scared. I'm standing up the big guy, tough guy. Then he shot me in the leg, pow, shot me in the leg. I leaned back, it was like a wall, almost just like this. This piece coming a little higher, you know. So I sat back on the wall. Now I'm by myself. And I had a friend, uh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, I was calling the girl's name, saying, call me ambulance, call me ambulance. And so eventually, the ambulance came down the street. Kept on going and went right by me. It's raining, that's cold. This is like in January. So something just said, lay back. I laid back in the water. Wow, it was cold. It was really cold. But then God sent an angel. That's my first experience with an angelic being. This young girl, never seen before, walked up to me and said, Sir, you need an ambulance? I'll make sure you get one. I can't, I'll make sure one come, come to you get to you some kind of she's, the way she said it that it was coming okay so i said okay thank you so i laid back <sighs> about another five minutes another ambulance came and stopped right where i was at came out i never thought about this afterwards after i looked back on it mm. and um i was laying back there and then uh, they came to help me up and once they was getting me up why who told you to lay in that water i said i don't know he said good thing you did slow your blood down Kept you from living. I said, thank you, Jesus. And I started thinking, I started getting closer to God from that point on. I said, God, when it happened to me, I said, Lord, I said, God, don't let me die like this. Mm -hmm. Don't let me die like this. I thought about my family at home. You know, I got a good family. I said, don't let me die like this on the street like this. And, uh, and he saved me. He didn't, he didn't let me die. And I went from that point on uh, after that. I started getting a little closer to Jesus, started knowing him, and I started thinking about it. I said, man, that girl, I wonder was that an angel? It had to be, because I've never seen him. Nobody, nobody ever, it had to be an angel. And you know her instances in books where angels come and help people. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did, uh, uh, I taught about that. Then after, I moved on from Techwood on, on over toward this way a little bit. 
And uh, I'm a musician. I play drums. God gave me the gift. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I can go. I can go. And um, this church called for the homeless people called Church on the Street. And that's when I, they had the drum set set up. And one day doing Bible set on Wednesday, I asked, I asked one of the brothers, oh, you got a place, drum? Who play drum? No, you play? I said, yeah. So he gave me sticks, you know. I hooked them up. I'm just, just a drum, just me playing. Everybody, you know, putting a little beat with it so everybody got a little groove going. About the next couple of weeks, one guy came in and said, I play piano. Boom. There we go. So we're going now. We're going pretty good. Had a little thing going. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And pastor's a guy called Pastor Joe, white guy. Cool, thank you. Well, he's good. Pastor Joe and Pastor Kirk, those are God giving men. There's a lot of people out here in these churches that are not for God, they're for themselves. Those people were God giving men. They help you, they preach to you, they talk about salvation. That's when I started hearing about salvation when I was on the street, when I was down. When I needed God, God, that's what God did. God said, go ahead, devil, do what you want to. Put him down there so he can come to me. Mm. And that's what happened. I came to the Lord. And, uh, How old were you at that time when, when you surrendered your life to Jesus for uh, real? About 40, 40, 41, 40, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Greatest is he that is in you than he is of the world. I always remember they told me that. Amen. They always told me that. And uh, they asked me uh, about... Who wanted to get saved down at the church? And I, and I wanted to. I wanted to be saved. I was baptized at home. They call it the doors of the church is open. They're not saying who want to get saved. They're saying you want to join the church. You know, a lot of people who are going to join the church still going to go to hell. It's true. I started kind of knowing Jesus, but, you know, bathed in milk, as we say. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing, I come every Wednesday, and I come there and I play. I play Clint Brown. I play the tape and play the drums with him. And he come, and Pastor Joe come down sometimes, he said, Daryl, that's your therapy. And I said, yes, it really is, it really is. So I was going through some things. But every time I play my music, gospel music, man, I'm, I'm, that's my natural high. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Talk a little bit about, about your life in the streets, but now you're saved. How did that affect your life? Now, yeah, okay. You know, I, I kind of still, in, I'm still, in, I still do drugs. I'm being honest with you. I'm just putting it like that. And uh, you'd be surprised how much, how many people are saved on the street. Just because you're homeless, don't mean you're not saved. Mm -hmm. A lot of people put that in there. You don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's happening because a lot of people, things happen in people's lives. And like me, I got saved while I was out here on the street. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, we talk about Jesus a lot, talk about a few guys. And, and uh, like I said, it was one guy, he was having problems with his wife. He was sitting on the steps. He was crying. And I sat down, I said, what's the matter, bro? You want nothing? He said, no, you don't need nothing. Else. No, I'm talking about drugs. Said, no. Then he said, no, man, I need some help, man. What, what, what? He said, my wife, blah, blah, blah. He just started crying, so I grabbed him my arm around. I said, hey, you know God? He said, no. I said, you don't know God? He said, Gonna get saved? He said, how? So I told him. That was my sinner's prayer. I gave him the sinner's prayer. That was the second person. I'll tell you about the person next in a minute. I, he, got, he got saved and he said, you know, that's a weight on my shoulder for some reason. I said, really? He said, and I said, you know what? The angels in heaven sign your name. And, they're, and, they're, and they're, I said, they're clapping right now. 
and he, and he got up. I never seen him again after that. Mm. But the first person, not, I hate to be skipping around like this, no, 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 but I got arrested. I'm in jail. I got arrested for some pedestrian in the road or some crazy thing they were doing with the homeless people. And so me and about three more other guys, we standing by our barn, you know, we talking about Jesus. We did a few songs. I always do Clint Brown. I'm always talking about Clint Brown. And there was another guy I noticed he was just laying in the bunk looking at us. And when right before the lights went out, he came and he said, hey, man, how do you get saved? How do you get saved? And I could feel that he was honestly wanting to know. And so I told him I, I did the sinner's prayer with him, which I kind of fumbled it through. That was my first one. I kind of fumbled through it, but I, I, knew, I knew it worked. I knew it was from his heart. And I know Jesus said in the kingdom. And uh, that's an amazing feeling that when you know that you brought somebody into the kingdom. That's an amazing feeling. And speaking of that, there's one guy, the guy who sells the shots and the cigarettes and all this stuff. I'm on the sidewalk sleeping. Laying around. I wasn't sleeping, I was laying on. That's why I was laying on the sidewalk. And it was on a Sunday. This guy playing the gospel music. I hadn't played Clint Brown. And then they got to talking about. I got to talk about God. Then he said, well, well, Devo, how can I listen to you? And you laying on the ground. Oh, I said, well, I got to have a suit on. I got to drive a Cadillac for you to listen to me. And it hit him. It hit him good. I'm glad it did. It hit him. I said, I got to have a suit and a tie and drive a Cadillac for you to listen to me about Jesus. I said, what was uh, John? What was John doing? He lived, in the, he lived in the woods. He ate berries. Okay. Think about and it. And bugs. And bugs. Mm -hmm. I got him. I got him on that one. He said, "Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad." But uh, Daryl, talk about some of the darkness that that you've experienced and that you've seen. Um, we talked a little bit about okay. it, but if you could just kind of go through some of the stories mm -hmm. of some of that darkness in the streets or just in your life that you've seen. The first encounter was when uh, my girlfriend, ex girlfriend, she was we sitting on the lap of her sister playing with Ouija boards. I think, you know, that, that they threw about that opened up different channels and stuff for the darkness, open doors. And, and a lot of things used to follow her. And, and man, sometimes we begin hiding. I see a shadow move across. I'm looking, did I just see that? She, she, and she looked at me and said, you're not scared? I said, no, I'm not scared, but what would? Then she would explain to me as part of the demons or whatever it be. I've been in some vacant buildings where I hear people walking, and I go around, I hear nobody. And then, um, I mean, let me tell you, when I got saved, boy, they was at me, man. They, were, they really were at me. Uh, I was walking down the street. It seemed like something was behind me for some reason. I wouldn't look, though. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't look. I was a little kind of leery, but I wouldn't look. That's when I called my mom. I somebody called my mother. So I called my mom in the toilet. I said, Mom. I just gave my life to Jesus Christ. And she said, that's good, baby. Plop. And then the phone just went dead. I said, well, what happened? So I hung up the phone, I came back, I dialed the phone back. I'm outside, because it's bank of phone people used big back then, before the cell phone, cell phone time. I called again, they said, this number has been disconnected. I said, come on, that can't be true. And then while I was doing that, the sidewalk above me, some girls would walk around, they looked down, I seen them look down, they said, wonder what's that behind him? And I never looked behind, but I know that was a, 
one of the demons or something that was behind me causing me not to be able to contact my parents and let them know about Jesus. And um, it followed me out throughout that day. Every time somebody said, wonder what's that? I heard that several times people said, what's that behind him? But I never looked. And right up the street here, I went to this church. And uh, I wanted to go in. It was like four or five in the afternoon. And I knocked on the door, passed open, and then the maintenance guy came in. I said, can I go in and pray? The maintenance guy really didn't want me going, you know, I guess. And I said, all I want to do is just pray. Please let me go in. So the pastor let me go in. And I felt comfortable, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I stayed about maybe 10, 15 minutes, and I came out. Then I went down to church on the street here, and then I talked to one of the guys, and I was telling him what's going on. He said, say this, he said, better, greater that's in you than he's of the world. I couldn't get it right, though. I was just, I'm, I'm new at this. And then I walked down the street, I was trying to say, worry, he's on you. And this other guy would say, oh, he can't get it right. He don't know what he's doing. He kept walking by. Crazy in the world, oh, you ain't got it right. I look over there, I see somebody walking down. And you know, during that particular time, I met maybe two people. Out of all the people I seen on, this is during the daytime, on the street. Only about two people that I knew that was, oh God, it was a, it's a lot of people out here was not about Jesus. And this young, and this old lady, I told her, I laid out, I'm saying, she's, oh, thank God, thank you, good, you're gonna be all right, thank you, Jesus. And she said, and kept on going. One guy said, "There's one white guy said, uh, hey, I just, I just uh, gave my life to Jesus Christ. He gave me money. I said, I, I don't want your money. He gave me $20. You know I dropped that $20 on the street? I don't know what was going to me at that time. I should have kept the money, but I did. Because I wanted to talk about Jesus. I, I, was, I needed him. I needed somebody to be able to talk about Jesus at that particular I needed it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I remember dropping on my knees, and I was crying out to God. Help me, Jesus, help me. I remember looking up at the sky, and the sun was a particular way. I don't know, it was something going on. Something was happening. Something was happening. And one guy came down and hand in hand and he had three, three fingers. If one finger was cut off, he was an ambassador. He pulled my hand, I grabbed his hand, and I felt safe with him. He picked me up and took me down to the church. There's some demons out here, and, and it's a lie. The devil is working. The devil's alive and he's working. Mm. For, for people who are watching your testimony right now mm -hmm. and are interested in helping people who are struggling in the streets, mm -hmm. how can they help? It's number, it was a number of ways. It all depends on top of the weather, if what's, what season. If it's cold, we could use stuff like blankets, sleeping bags, thermal, shaving, stuff like that. We could always, always use that and sometimes clothing, and a few dollars. I always use a few dollars, you know, always. It's not just food, of course food, but a lot of people think it's food, but it's more than just food. It's a lot more need than just food. Thank you for the food, but then you get so much food, the food goes to waste. We can, we can eat hamburgers and spaghetti, and then you'll bring in some ham and some cheese and some chips and we eat that and then they'll bring in some more hamburgers, some spaghetti or some stuff and, and you don't even want it, you, you, you're done with it. And we don't have no way to keep food, so food really just go to waste. Mm. Especially around during Thanksgiving and Christmas time, we get a lot, of, a lot of food out here then, but a lot of it goes to waste because that's the only thing they be thinking about, you know. But then we do get a lot of people that bring in sleeping bags, blankets and stuff like that. 
and we could use a lot of that to help them out. And of course the word, of course, putting out the word, but then some people don't even want to hear it. You know, they, I think they're still lost. The only thing they want is what they can see and grab, and, you know. Yeah. So, um, while I'm out here, me and I got a few friends who we we into Christ, and we always talk about Jesus. Even when we're doing, doing the drugs and stuff, we always talk about the Lord. You know, we're not being, not being ashamed of him. I'm ashamed of what I'm doing, but I'm not ashamed of the Lord. Come on. I love Jesus. I love him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Daryl, looking back at, at your life, uh, you're 65. Mm -hmm. Your birthday just passed. Mm -hmm. What can you say that Jesus has done in your life? He brought me to the kingdom. He saved my soul. He saved my life a few times. With the bullets flying over here and having shootouts and stuff like that. And he just told me to be still, don't move. And bullets really come. I've heard bullets go over my head. I know what it sounds like for a bullet to pass over your head. I know what that sounds like. He saved my life. And he's, he's instilling me the fear of God. God helps me so much. And uh, I don't know. What are some last words that... Uh you can just offer up to the people who are watching your testimony right now. Wherever they may be, all over the nation, young, old, mm -hmm. what can you tell them? Wherever you at, Jesus is the way, okay? Not Allah, not Buddha, not none of those people. They're going to learn. I got a lot of friends like that who have Muhammad this, Muhammad that, Allah, no, Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And you're gonna find out. I try to talk to a few of my friends in a, in a mild way because people get offended. People get offended sometimes. But Jesus is the only way. And uh, if, you love, if you know God, get to know Jesus. Get to know him. Talk to him. Just pray about it. If you don't believe him, ask him to show you. He'll show you. He'll show you. 